0: Episode 61 Samuel's Prayer Movement Today's episode will be a combination of dramatic storytelling combined with the biblical account from 1 Samuel 7. 1 Samuel 7 is only 17 verses, but it's hard to get the true understanding of the scene without painting a picture. So that is what we're going to try to do with this episode we did something different with this episode. While we normally try to not blend the fictional piece with the biblical study, it's hard on this one because this all came together quite spontaneously. And it is quite amazing to see how the breakthrough came with the blood of the Lamb and the atonement for sin, which Hophni and Phinehas had interrupted with their desecrations. So when Samuel renews the sacrifices and calls the people to prayer, God breaks through, but just in time. Of course, if you have any questions, please, I mean, please, just check out 1 Samuel 7 for yourself. All right, here we go. Imagine with me Billy Graham. Now we use him too much. Let's go with Pope Francis for once. Imagine. He has a radical, I mean a radical encounter with Jesus. And he's so broken for the sinfulness of humanity, he calls a worldwide prayer movement to seek God and repent for our sins and wholly cry out to God. And he gives a ridiculous short amount of time like, come now, we are repenting for the sake of the world. And instead of hundreds or thousands, millions and millions globally join him on a mountaintop in the Swiss Alps. It becomes one of those moments in spiritual history as revival sweeps the globe and mankind responds in a way we've never seen. They don't care about the distance or the leader and the denominations, they just disappear in pure repentance and response to God. Millions are moved by one man's authentic response to God and the world follows his lead and goes to participate in this grand prayer meeting. From the mountaintop in the Swiss Alps, millions crowd to God to transform this world by repenting of our sins and asking for God's gracious mercy and grace to be extended. The prayer movement would not be a time of teaching and religious devotion, and no one would even speak of a denomination, but simply was a time of true repentance and prayer for God to save the world. And the slogan simply stated would be to save the world would be seen on televisions throughout the world. The effect on the world was spontaneous. As millions were so touched and moved by God, they left their jobs and their work and truly repented of their ways. But when true revival comes, there's always a backlash. Demonic powers rose up to end the prayer meeting, and they found a loophole which the the Pope could have cared less about ends up the Pope didn't realize the prayer mountain had taken the prayer movement had taken over an entire mountain top owned by many people, many not even faithful to the ways of God. Leaders legally, the leaders of the European Union freak out and order the prayer movement to stop or move elsewhere, if they're on private land without permission. Well the answer from the Pope's people was The Pope is indisposed, because he was. He was in prayer. No time for legal matters. God will solve them. Could it be, just like at Sinai, God visited those who made it past the snake line into the upper regions of the mountain? And when no one answers, the EU resorts to mobilizing soldiers and tanks to evict the praying men and women who are breaking the rule of law, man's law, but not God's law. Imagine the tension as the world watches as the governments of Europe react to this prayer movement. Physical swords were being brandished against the sword of the Spirit. A clash was coming. So that was a radical example and it's the best I can come up with trying to paint a picture of what this scene could look like today. It gives a little context to Samuel's prayer meeting, an innocent prayer meeting met by political and military force. Following this seventh-month Ichabod season, the ark is returned and Samuel calls Israel to repentance and prayer to God. The response, empowered by God's presence arriving back in Israel, moved upon the people, and the stir was so great, thousands upon thousands made their way to Mizpah, to Samuel's prayer meeting in Prayer Mountain. No doubt the thousands who walked on the roads were looking at with this suspicion by their overlords the Philistines who watched the roads with swords and shields and weapons. With great fear they sent word to their leaders of the great movement of the Israelites in the wide open headed to one location Mizpah. As it If blinded by their fear, they failed to notice none of the Israelites were bent on harm. None of them carried weapons or appeared to be headed towards violence. And like our example earlier, the thousands and thousands congregating at Mizpah as Samuel began to build an altar, and Samuel cried out to God as stated in 1 Samuel 7. Now this is where I'm going to add message to King's detail in this account. So here we go. The biblical account's limited here. So we're going to try to paint the picture. This is where I add that the atmosphere must have changed at Mizpah as Samuel prayed, as the heavy presence of God rested upon them, and they began to feel the full weight of their sin. And with this weight, they could not run; They just fell flat upon the ground as they cried out to God, The wailing and crying out became so great that Samuel's voice was drowned out as the Israelites pulled from themselves every idol that they carried with them and in their heart as the fire of God began to burn and heal them of their self-inflicted demons and like a whirling cloud the presence of God hovered over Mizpah, healing them and delivering them for hours but the Philistines watched from a distance the entire meeting But as if they were blinded, they convinced themselves the maliciousness of the Israelites, summoning thousands of their warriors from the garrisons. So they waited for an army that arrived from Gath and other cities, regardless of their tumors and hemorrhoids as recorded in the last episode. Against Mitzpah, they marched headed up the hill, thousands and thousands of armed warriors. At this point, the Israelites began to fear the approach of the Philistines, As stated in 1 Samuel 7, they ran to Samuel, who was still praying to God for them. They said, Do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may rescue us from the hand of the Philistines. There was no rear guard, there was no defense, there was no outpost on the mountain, just thousands praying on a mountaintop, some oblivious to the danger of the Philistines. As stated in 1 Samuel 7, 9, Samuel set the lamb in position for sacrificing, And if you read the account, there's a lot of drama here, for the conclusion could not come until the sacrifice occurs. So imagine with me, Samuel began the standard long Levitical sacrificial prayer, feeling the tenseness of the atmosphere and seeing the panic on some of his people's faces, and even seeing enemy armies coming up the mountain. Praying fervently, the Philistines still advancing, one of the Israelites watched as a group of Philistine warriors ran up the hill intent on attacking the first Israelites they came in contact with. The man watched, wondering if the atonement for Israel's sins would happen in time. Samuel spoke faster and faster as he tried to speed up the sacrifice. He raised his knife, but he still had so much more to say. Just then, 200 Philistines emerged from a wooded area and ran toward them. The Philistines were scary as they emerged and ran at them, bent on nothing but death of the Israelites carrying swords. But Samuel was bent on mercy. Sweat was pouring off his forehead as the Philistines approached. Samuel shouted his prayers so fast it was almost incomprehensible. But there wasn't enough time. A man shouted at Samuel, Do it! samuel only spoke faster insisting on not shorting god with his prayer do what another one said an elderly woman looked at samuel and screamed samuel was uttering himself into incomprehension until his prayer got lost in an ecstatic shout that roared the atmosphere with powerful fervency but the philistines only increased their pace until another 300 emerged from the same clearing it was at that time when the Philistines were within bowshot, that the atmosphere went still, as Samuel's lips stopped moving, and he lowered his knife down upon the lamb. And as the lamb was slain, and the blood of the lamb was poured out, the silence was torn by violence in the atmosphere. Flashes of light and roars of thunder boomed with the swirling clouds, and forms came out of nowhere, brandishing swords, driving back the Philistines. Samuel in the lead with the same knife he used in the sacrifice he turned it upon the Philistines as he and Israel drove the Philistines from Mizpah, slaughtering them all the way to Beth victory was Israel's according to Josephus he states that God disturbed their enemies with an earthquake and moved the ground under them to such a degree that he caused it to tremble and made them to shake in so much that it's trembling, he made some unable to keep their feet, and made them fall down, and by opening its chasms, he caused that others should be hurried down into them. After which he caused such a noise of thunder to come upon them, and made fiery lightning shine so terribly around about them, that it was ready to burn their faces, and he so suddenly shook their weapons out of their hands, that he made them fly and return naked. Now Samuel now just totally takes charge as a priest, a prophet, and now a warrior. And God completely flips this situation. First Samuel seven twelve. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mitzpah and Shin. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they stopped invading Israel's territory. Throughout Samuel's lifetime, the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. The towns from Ekron to Gath, that the Philistines had captured from Israel were restored to Israel and Israel delivered the neighboring territory from the hand of the Philistines and there was peace between Israel and the Amorites in the same place that Eli's sons died the Lord defeated the Philistines with Samuel as their leader Israel had regained her foothold as a nation and had a prophet a warrior and priest at their head I love how he took up a stone and set it up called it Ebenezer And said thus far the Lord has helped us there's something so cool about this though Israel was free from the Philistine domination Samuel erected a stone and said thus far thus far the Lord has helped us Samuel was a prophet and he knew Israel had so much more to look forward to than just freedom from the oppression he must have had a greater understanding of God's full picture for Israel with their full territorial extent under David and Solomon and beyond. The Lord has helped us thus far. Have you ever achieved a victory and felt like you've made it thus far? Thus far is just the beginning of things to come. To conclude this episode of Message to Kings, I personally love this story because Israel won a battle which is completely unprepared to win in the natural They were broken and empty and that's just it, they had no swords or weapons. Sometimes our victory only comes when we are completely and totally broken and empty and all we have is a place to pray and a lamb that was slain. When we are broken and empty and we have nothing to fight with in the natural, we must remember the battle is not ours, but the battle is the Lord's. I find the symbolism just incredible. The victory only came upon true repentance and the lamb that was slain. Once these occurred, the Israelites were fighting from victory, not for victory. It was Paul who said that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. In addition, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. It was the blood of the lamb that saved the Israelites from the death of their firstborn in Egypt. It was the blood of the Lamb on the cross that fulfilled the law of Leviticus, which is symbolized in this account. It is the power of the blood of Jesus that brings us salvation and healing and power to walk in freedom and victory today. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Message to Kings. Stay tuned next week as Samuel grows old and Israel asks for a king. Feel free to visit the Facebook page and leave a comment or question. Or if you want to chat, email me at messagetokings at gmail.com.